what I think is really important is to sit down with your emotions in order to to heal things that were suppressed, you need to face them. And that's the hardest part, I would say. For me, that was not the hardest way. And somehow I've always known that I wanted to live and not to survive. I'm Emily Williams, the founder of I Heart My Life and your I Heart My Life show host. I always say, I'm just a girl from Ohio with really big dreams. And now I work from home running a dream business that helps you achieve your goals and create more joy in your life. This podcast is all about all the topics that really matter to you. And it's about giving you everything you need in one place. Mindset, relationships, wellness, lifestyle, money, business, and career. We have it all. This is your one-stop shop for all things personal development meets lifestyle. So pull up a seat, get out a pen and paper, and get ready to learn. It's time to create a life that's better than your dreams with the I Heart My Life show. This is episode 241, Exploring Manifestation, Entrepreneurship, and Card Decks with Nail Van Lierup. So Nail is a spiritual entrepreneur and intuitive coach based in Amsterdam and Los Angeles. A former fashion stylist and creative agency owner, Nail had an outwardly successful career telling visual stories. However, at one point in her life, she was feeling distracted and sensing something was missing. During that time, Nail moved through many fears and awakened to a life filled with inner peace and gratitude. Her newly found self-knowledge became the foundation for 49 life themes within a card deck that she created called the Inner Compass Cards. Now she's big time. People like Gwyneth Paltrow, Pink, Deborah Messing, Vanessa Hudgens, Ashley Tisdale, and Jenny Garth are all using her products. And I must admit, I'm a huge fan as well. As a vessel of universal wisdom, Nail guides others towards regaining their personal power. Working with Nail offers an experience to explore and create deeper meaning in one's life. Through identifying blocks in her clients, Nail brings people closer to their innate potential and guides them to discover their own unique strengths. When I first discovered this card deck, I became obsessed. It was actually a gift from one of my friends. And now it's something I use daily to support me and moving through challenges and honestly, just getting inspiration for my daily life. So I was definitely a super fan when we got to have Nail on the show here. And it was really cool because I actually pulled a card for the I Heart My Life community before interviewing her. And then she suggested we do the same thing live during this episode. And we actually pulled the exact same card. So you're going to hear what that card actually was. What is the message we have for you today? And you're going to feel so inspired to move through anything that's making you feel stuck or making you feel uninspired and just start to trust that you are meant for more and you are being guided to the other side where everything that you want, everything you want to create, everything you want to be, everything you want to have exists specifically for you. All right, let's dive in. Welcome to the I Heart My Life show, Nail. I'm so excited to have you here and learn more about your story. And as you know, I'm a huge fan. So it's an honor to have you on the show. Thank you for having me <laughs> and for being a daily user of Intercontest Cards. Oh, they're the best. So we share them with all of our clients. And yeah, we'll talk more about that in just a bit. But you are just um, such a gift, especially to me and my community. So I'm excited to have you here. 
So why don't you take us back? Obviously there's a whole story before the cards. Let us know a little bit more to give us some insight into your background and how you started to um, do this work and just your history. Yeah, the fun thing is I have no ambition in this uh, in this industry of of self development. I was very passionate about it, though. I think it was twenty, uh, yeah, two thousand seven, when I went to see a therapist, and she gave me the books of Eckhart Tolle. She noticed that I was craving for more to know more. I was into philosophy and Taoism and all these things, and but not yet in spirituality. So. Um, How long is that ago? Like 13 or maybe 14 years. So I became very, very passionate about it. Like I would stay in a bar and I would talk about pain bodies and emotions and distancing and identifying with them and living in the now. And But I, after a few years being very passionate about it, I was also aware of the fact that I was more carrying it as knowledge then I was not living it. It was not integrated. So I really could give lectures about it, which I did in bars and at at parties. (laughs) But no one was interested in it. It was not like a big trend as it is now. Um, So, but I, you know, I I traveled the world to see masters and teachers and other cultures, which live more intuitively or spiritually by nature. And... um, at a certain point, I I was still, you know, in the old life, like partying a lot. Um, I was with a boyfriend and, well, we had future plans, you know, but there was also, it was more about filling a void than it was like really, it was love, obviously, but, you know, it's not the kind of love that um, that's out there for me, I think. You know, I think a lot of people would recognize it. Um I was part of the rat race. I was ambitious in my field. I was helping creative, uh, creative people, and creative uh, companies to match each other, like a headhunter. So I was, you know, filling job openings uh, with creatives um, until I became very ill. And at that point, my boyfriend also broke up with me. And the sickness that I was suffering was insomnia. You know, so I didn't sleep for like months, like. I was like very close and maybe a little bit psychotic. Um, no, I had a lot of panic attacks, uh, a few a day. So that was like the first steps of going into a psychosis. And um, so it was like, a, it was a big wake up call and it took me a few years to recover. Like the um, nervous system, it was so down that it took me a few years to uh, build it up again. And in those years, <laughs> it was where the change came, you know, because eventually, well, in hindsight, I think that such things happen to us as a wake-up call. I'm very grateful for mine. Um, I learned a lot from changing directions from the normal medical system into more alternative. That's where I, where they were, well, where I was able, able to heal my body. So before we go into how you were able to cure yourself and all of your transformation, I'm curious to know, you know, for a lot of our listeners who are experiencing what you experienced, what 
what was it that got you to the place of, um, you know, having issues with sleep and having all of these issues with your nervous system? Was it your work schedule or what was it? I honestly, I think it's our own mind. So it's what we believe that is important. So it's about priorities. If you think um, your work is a higher priority as your children or your body, yeah, well, you can you can already you can already guess what would happen. Yeah, I I really learned to ask myself what I need in the moment. But like the big the biggest switch I made in um, 2015, when one of my uh, my therapists uh, said to me like, ask yourself like a hundred times a day, what do I need in this very moment? So. That really helped me to live more in the now because I was always thinking, you wake up and you think of the first coffee, you think of, I need to go to yoga, I need to sit on my cushion to do the meditation. I need to, you know, everyone is doing the ice cold, the, the cold water dips now. Yeah. I did that too in that time, at that time. And um, so I, there was a lot of must do's in the, you know, every, every hour there were things that I had to do from whom only one person. So there's only one person who, who's able to change this. And um, yeah, I decided to have peace, peacefulness and health as a number one priority. So your whole, your, your days look very different. And I decided not to have the day controlling my life or all the to-dos, but I'm in charge. I could have written the four hour work week, I think, because that's how I live now. I've never read it. People are always intrigued. I really decided not to have stress anymore for no reason, not even packing suitcases or while traveling and, and have a stopover or whatever. I, inner, really inner peace is my uh, top priority. It has everything to do with how you handle with things because there's always stressful moments presented to you. But so it starts within your mind, what you do with it, how you react. Yeah. So I want to dig a little bit deeper with this because this is so it's amazing. And it's so poignant for me. I'm in the midst of doing a lot with my companies. We're also building a home. We're moving in in two weeks. So there's a lot happening and Christmas, right? All at the same time. (laughs) And you're still here. (laughs) I'm here. Yeah. And, and, you know, I know that I have a lot of work to do in terms of releasing stress. And I've actually been paying a lot of attention to my own nervous system and having conversations on the I Hurt My Life show about our addiction to stress and how that manifests. And so I know, like you said, it took some time for you to really heal yourself. What were some of the first steps that you took that started to provide relief for you? I think it would start with the awareness that something is that you can change something. I think a lot of people, like if we, I think it's about running, you know, running away from what's going on inside and what you really are supposed to deal with. So we flee or run away. How do, what's the best way to get in a coach? Yeah. Yeah. So that's the thing about behind a lot of addictions, you know, workaholics, but also um, I healed myself from emotional eating the same way. So, for example, I would run away from a lonely moment or whatever. When I was younger, I would socialize too much. So I would take no alone time. After I learned to be alone, I was still eating the loneliness or other emotions away, you know? So what I think is really important is to sit down with your emotions in order to 
to heal things that were suppressed, you need to face them. And that's the hardest part, I would say. For me, that was not the hardest way. And somehow I've always known that I wanted to live and not to survive, you know, and not to not work in order to live. But from as of a very young age, you know, after college and after university, all my friends would go for their careers. And I was always thinking, like, why would you be would you want to be a number in one of those big companies? I was like, that's that cannot be fulfilling life. If you work, then you live someone else's life. Like yeah, or the stakeholders from the companies. <laughs> so that's how I came, how I became an entrepreneur at the first in the first place. But then still, you can take it too seriously. You're the thing you do and identify too much with it or whatever. I learned to sit with things when I was healing the emotional eating part. Like I, yeah, like every time, sometimes someone would would want to fly into either work or eating or. I don't know what else dating apps. <laughs> um, yeah, TV. Yeah, yeah, TV, Netflix. Yeah, or the phone. Phone is a, yes. one of the biggest um, things right now. I think so. I train myself to really sit with with emotions, like to feel them through, and that was that's as far as I know the only way to heal things that were suppressed before and then it can transform into light it wants to be seen and felt I think that's really important well I'm helping my ex-boyfriend now with um, his workaholic you know he is addicted to stress yeah so it's really hard for him but he will have to face at one point um, his emotions that he's running away from Right. Or else it, you know, manifests in the body in a way that we don't desire it to. So what do you think was the reason for your insomnia? Did you figure out what was suppressed or what was actually going on? Yeah. The the main thing behind it, you know, all those books that, um, that were published all around the world by different writers who write about somatic diseases, you know? So every physical disease um, is linked to an emotional conflict. I noticed that that's true, what's in all those uh, in all those books. It was really life inviting me to live more intuitively. So I used to be a control freak, very much depending on my controlling mind. So life really invited me to live more intuitively. And um, yeah, and I still need to. It's It's been in my life since I was two. And then it really, really hit me when I was around 33, I think. And still it's my weak spot. I really cannot use screens at night. I have to put my phone away around seven. I try to avoid things that arouse me. So I really need to unwind. I, have, I need a couple of hours to unwind and, you know, to have... Yeah, I, I have an active brain. That's that's also visible in my human design. I am yeah. sure a lot of people have heard about human design. You can see, I think it's one of those arrows on the around the head. That's I don't know which one, but yeah, you can look it up. It um, it points out if you have an active brain or not. You know, you have those people who can be really dreamy and stare out of the window. I'm not. Yeah, that's not me either. (laughs) I'll need to look at my chart and see if I have that little arrow. Yeah. So thank you for sharing that. So one of the main things was just feeling your emotions, letting them, you know, actually come out versus suppressing them, focusing on winding down before you were going to sleep. 
Um, and you mentioned working with different therapists and asking yourself every single day, you know, what do I need in this moment? And I'm curious to know how you, well, well, let me back up. What was your work life like during that time? Were you actually running a business or what were you doing? Yeah, I was running a hat hunting company um, in a, based in Amsterdam. Um, yeah, and I had a very social life. I, um, you know, I, I needed to go to yoga three times a week. I did kickboxing, you know, that kind of, I know in hindsight, I call it a rat race. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, because now I live more intuitively and I really feel into my body. I actually, I barely go to yoga only when I feel I need it because, well, there's no stress in my body now. So I'm not like... I'm not longing for yoga. I'm longing for walks with the dog. And sometimes, you know, if I if I wake up and I feel like running, I go running. But it's not like I'm, I I'm, I must run. Okay, it's so like- it sounds like there was less of like a a schedule and a list of the things you had to do. It was more just tuning in to what your body needed in the moment. Exactly. So it was really weird in the beginning to make the switch because I was yeah. so used to go to the gym in the morning, you know, and um, to see people and have like a ton, ton of appointments every day. Now I only have three appointments a day, uh, a week. So I went from like six a day to three a week which really, really helped me because now I'm looking forward. I was really, really honestly looking forward to meet you today on the and do this interview. And when you say like appointments, do you mean social appointments or do you mean overall, like you only have three things on the calendar? Like, yeah, mostly it's the three things on the, on the calendar, I would say, and, and all the other rests, like People around me know this now, and most people adopted it as well. Um, we see each other spontaneously. Okay. <laughs> people, if people know that they can call me, and I and I always try to call people if I think. So I think this is what we are evolving towards as well. Yes. I think our DNA is upgrading, and and we become more telepathic. It's all those things that we have. You know, we have those skills, but it's like it's just. We think that the controlling mind is our main tool to to navigate through this life, you know. But I think there is much, much more, and we are slowly discovering it. And so when I I had it today, actually, I had I had one appointment in a, in another city, like one and a half hours from here, and I have a friend living there. So I was in the car, and I texted him like, "Hey, I'm uh, I'm close to you today. Would you have time for a coffee?" So we had a coffee, but it was like within an hour. Right. Spontaneous. So, okay. So this is so exciting for me to talk to you because I'm so intrigued. I love it. Like my, my, like this way of living. Yeah. Then you see that life is full of serendipity. Every day is like full of magic miracles. It's, it's bizarre. So that's why I'm, I kind of became addicted to this lifestyle, you know, I'm not sure if that's healthy, but no, no, I can see why. How, so my mind is going to, how do you run a business with that way of life? Like for me, you know, I feel like I have all these team members, I have all these clients, all these things. And so how do you maintain almost like motivation or, or do the things you want to do and, and move through life in that way? Yeah, I have to admit, I'm a manifester in human design. That means yes. that I'm that I'm not an energy type. I don't have that sacral kind of motor running. 
Um, so because of that, I decided after one year doing everything in the, in the company. So I, I published the first deck and the very first year I did everything myself, you know? So I was the customer servers. I did the sales. I tried to do marketing. I still do the Instagram, but then after a year, there would be a salary for one person. And I decided to hire a PA in order to get myself sane again, <laughs> because you know, I'm, I'm, it's just a leak of energy if I um, if I would do all those things together myself. I know by now I'm a visionary, I'm a creative, you know. So I really need space in order to be able to develop new products or trainings or or writing. Yeah. Really need space, so I decided to delegate everything. Beautiful. Okay. That's so inspiring to me. I'm a manifesting generator, so it's a little bit different, but you have more, like you are talented. That's, you know, so we are all different. Yeah. I would like to point that out. You are, you, you go better with routines and um, you really like to enjoy like keeping eight balls in the air. Yes. Right? Yeah. 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 Amazing. one. <laughs> So I want to know more about the decks. And, you know, we, we covered this a little bit in the beginning. I said, I'm a huge fan and we pull a card, my husband and I pretty much daily just for inspiration. And it's always spot on. And then we've been bringing these cards to our retreats with our clients and pulling cards for them and doing them, you know, on some of our coaching calls and everyone just finds so much like peace and, and, and just joy from pulling the cards. So I'm curious to know, how did that come to be? How did you develop this and, and move forward with a project like this? As we were talking about, I was recovering from the insomnia. I was really sick. Like my body was so weak. I couldn't go to yoga. I couldn't go for a walk. Um, so the only routine and ritual that I had was pulling a card. My mom gave them with Christmas. And the moment she gave them, I was like, no way, you know, those airy, very woo cards. And um, so I was always hiding them. And at a certain point when I really needed a new ritual, I tried them out. And after three weeks, I was so amazed. Like, how can those, how, how would those cards know where I'm at in life? You know, I was so surprised. So I started analyzing because I do have this strong mind, you know, <laughs> I don't have it for nothing. So yeah, I started analyzing how it, how it works that, that if you pull a card blindly, well, I think that's the trick, you know, like there is more than our controlling mind. So our, I like to call it intuition or subconscious. Some people I call it pulling the card from the heart instead of from the head. Um, but by doing so, pulling blankly, um, there is this other intelligence um, which knows better in the moment what you need. And um, I've done so many, like thousands of re readings by now. And um, every time they amaze me. So it's like, it's really beyond what I can think of and, and, and analyze. And so I started gifting them away, you know, because it was really, I was so much into all this work. And then, and there was a, like a simple tool, like a box with cards that really helped me integrating those things for the very first time. I, I saw myself, you know, changing over a few weeks. And you were gifting other people's cards before you had, yeah, your, had your own okay. cards from Doreen Virtue. Yeah. Or, 
Yeah, I was always looking for, oh, maybe that one suits that friend. And yeah. um, no one was really into it back then. Like Holland <laughs> became very, was later in the game than the US, you know, in the US it's mm-hmm. way more mainstream now, all the spiritual tools than in uh, than in Europe. People really thought that I, that I had lost it as well, because those cards were talking about uh, communicating with angels. And <laughs> that was weird back then. At a certain point, I, I was already... I'm using the medicine ayahuasca sometimes. That was uh, back then one of the ways that I was working uh, on myself. I started to write like really short messages, but it was all like very a team like vulnerability. Brene Brown writes a whole book about it, you know. Yeah. I'm only able, like my gift is to bring it back to the essence in like half a page. So I had a lot of those the, that kind of themes like letting go, vulnerability, um, I don't know, uh, serendipity, all this. And I brought it back to like a few sentences. So after a while, at a certain point, as an epiphany, it it all came together. I had already those texts in my notebook. I was shuffling cards every day. And then at a certain point, it hit me and I saw it came with a vision. Like I knew it was going to be earthy tones and and the shape of the box, like yeah, like a, a notebook yeah. kind of shape. And yeah, so from that moment on, I knew it. I knew it was going uh, to be successful. <laughs> it's really weird, but it was like really a download. Everything flowed from that moment on, like very effortlessly. The people that helped me with the designs or whatever, the editors, the translators, it would come at the very at a perfect moment, they came into my life. Do you know? I was asking. I was also learning a lot. At that time, I was really feeling into all those topics like manifesting and like you pulled the, the manifest card today. Um, I was still like trying to really get the, the theme, what it was about. And the whole project was like playing, playing around with all those themes and practicing it. And Wow. So like, and is it... With um, a deck, is it like getting a book deal? Did you have to go and find a publisher? You said you manifested the artwork and all of that, but how did that unfold? I thought uh, I, I wanted to, I'm a manifester, so I wanted to do it by myself. And um, I put it on Kickstarter. That became kind of like a little bit like successful enough yeah. um, to get the first round printed. And um, and there were like Chronicle Books and HarperCollins saw it and they connected contacted me but i um i was not ready for it and they wanted to make it like very cheap like a gift kind of price mm-hmm. i had had so many downloads about it like about the price for example i really like people to do effort for it so that there is more commitment so it then it has a bigger chance to be life-changing you know yeah so uh so i denied the book deals yeah yeah Oh, I love that so much. Yeah. We talk a lot about pricing within the online space and with my clients, you know, money comes up a lot and it's such a, an important conversation. And I love how you said, you know, you tuned into it and also realized that if people paid more, they'd be more committed. And I think so often we just worry about, are they actually going to buy it? And that becomes the focus. Yeah. And I'm Dutch, which has felt very Calvinistic. So yeah, <laughs> later on, I ended up living in Los Angeles for a few years. And then, then I really learned to dream bigger. I have really weird advice as always. It's more, my journey is more about um, 
learning how to be more intuitive than I didn't. I, you know, back in the days I was working for startups as well. So I knew a lot of all those startup games and all those, all the, you know, the lead, the lingo that comes with it. And but we do none of that in my company. We, we just, we tune into things and we have affirmations. If something goes wrong, you know, we have, uh, how does it get any better than this affirmation? And if we have victory, we have affirmations to um, to draw more victories towards us. And I teach my the people who work for me um, about energy work. And the decisions that I make are always um, from a meditative state as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the reason why I was able to... Um, to not accept the book deals from the big, but you know, it's big, you know, I'm from Europe, yeah. from a very small country. And then those companies from San Francisco reach out to you. But, and now, but, and back then I really had a very clear voice in my head, like, no, you can show the world. It's your, t- it's your job to show the world that it is that you don't need those big companies, which, you know, and it's such, I also had a vision how different those vibrations were you know I had just made like something that at that time still felt like my one of my babies you know it was such a sacred creation and um with because the words came through me you know I really feel that I was just a vessel and so it felt so sacred like how can I gift that or you know sell that to a company with at the end, which at the end of the year only talks about numbers. It was just not possible in my yeah. head. Maybe if the if the question would come now, I would tune into it again. And you know, my learnings have been made, maybe or some of them. So uh, maybe the answer is different. I don't know. Yeah. And so I'm curious to know, how did you manage to get into stores like Goop? You know, that's where I initially found you. I was at a hotel in Santa Barbara, California, and the cards were sold in that Goop store. So how did that happen? Because you have such a celebrity following. Yeah, we do. Um, (laughs) I've been there too. I did readings there a a couple of days. Oh, really? Gifted. Amazing. They invited me to, uh, yeah, they gifted, they, so they gifted a personal reading with me to all of their regular customers. Wow. Yeah, I so love incredible. that. incredible. <laughs> yeah, it's my favorite. <laughs> yeah, me too. Um, I set a few goals, maybe one or two a year. So we work on that. And But it's also, you know, I the, the goals come to me. Um, and I feel that it's really possible. I felt that Goop was on the same vibration as the cards. Yeah, I was I, I was living in LA and I just knew at a certain time I will meet the right people, you know, because they have an office in Santa Monica. I was living in Venice. So I thought it cannot be that hard. And at a certain point within a year, it happened. Um, so I met this girl through friends and she didn't know anyone at Goop, but I hired her as my PR agent. And um, she did a couple of phone calls over a few weeks. And then um, we were talking about them to them. And then within a few months, it happened. Yeah. And that was, I knew that was a smart goal to set. I imagined more buyers in the US would look at them. So right after we were live at Goop, Anthropology called us. Mm. that's you know it's huge 
That's how I have a four-hour work week. (laughs) I don't work hard. I work smart. (laughs) Wow. I love that. Thank you for sharing that with me. I don't work hard. I work smart. So great. And I love how you said you set one to two goals because how often, you know, I'm going to raise my hand for this one. Are we setting so many goals and then it becomes overwhelming? We're not actually working smart anymore. We're not being effective. We're just, you know, doing way too many things. So I really appreciate that about you. Exactly. Yeah. It really works for me, but it has to do with my priority of uh, inner peace, of course. Right. So when you think about, you know, we're, we're nearing the end of the year and you think about 2022, what, I mean, maybe you can share, um, what are your goals for 2022 or how do you look at that? Do you just tune in and you, you feel into what you can visualize for the next year ahead? I think so. I think I will sit down, um, at the, I don't know when the next, well, there's, I think there's a full moon coming up. So the next new moon, I will sit down and do my intentions for the six months to come because, you know, the new moon is linked to the full moon in, uh, in six months. So that's how, I, that's how I work. I, I feel that, you know, you plant the seed and it grows in like six months or maybe, maybe. So I think, the next new moon, I will do it for a year. I will tune into yeah what I need most and then what the company needs. There is also things not um, working out, to be honest. Like, for example, I have... Uh, I have, well, not developed, but designed like an amazing self-reflection app. One of the, um, one of the features would be pulling cars, but much, much more. Um, But it's, but it's been in my hat for like three years, but you know, because I'm, I'm picking my battles, it's not there yet. It's not, it hasn't even started to be developed by, but that's also because there's a lot of money involved and uh, Mm -hmm. all the things that I do now, the projects that I do take on, like, for example, we're now in, um, I am here now in my, um, in my new retreat center. So um, I've been developing that for the last year. So we have um, a place where we can do workshops now, but it's also, um, you can also rent it for a weekend. Um, and it's almost done in like within, uh, in like in two months. It's oh, incredible. Yeah. So tell I, us, tell know, us about the... To, we are here to live this life, you know, and I really like decorating. So I took on that. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> there's only one person who can live your life the way you want or, yeah, so I decided to spend more time with beloved and with things that I really enjoy, which is nature and also decorating <laughs> places like this. So, yeah. It's, uh, and so you mentioned your four-hour work week. So how do you spend your time in terms of your company work? What are you filling those four hours with? Like what is essential for you to do? Um, steering the team, I think. So sharing my vision um, for the month with them and then talking to journalists or um, <laughs> or interv- doing interviews like, uh, like now. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. So you have the retreat center, you have the car decks, you have the app, um, and you mentioned you do energy work as well. Is there anything else that you do within the company? 
I don't do one-on-ones because I don't feel like that's, you know, there's so many people um, offering one-on-one consults. Um, I'm just, I'm here to make tools. I feel that I'm here to make tools that go, you know, that can reach um, everyone's, everybody's homes. Sometimes I do it twice a year. I do workshops and uh, okay. people can uh, can also book me for, um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, events like Mm-hmm. Uh, auction yeah yeah amazing and i used to do workshops like all over the world um in yoga studios but that that's part got canceled obviously <laughs> the traveling and um uh well in europe most yoga studios um are still in lockdown or hot mm-hmm. so and what would you say, you know, somebody asked me this the other day, what would you say, you know, in all of your years of personal development, if you could pinpoint one thing that's made the biggest difference for you, what is that? Trying to discover what the soul's, what the path of the soul is instead of, so you're really like the controlling mind. I really try to keep it on the, on the passenger seat or my heart or whatever you call it. Every day I invite that on the driver's seat. Surrender would be the, the word. Surrender. Like surrender to life instead of trying to steer it. Yeah. That would be the biggest thing that, otherwise I, I, I had never found this, uh, this job. <laughs> yeah. Know? I, well, I created it, but that's how people see it. But how I experienced it was really that it found me. Yeah. One of the questions I often ask our guests is what is one way to create a life that's better than your dreams? Because I believe that our mind can only take us so far. And when we're open, you know, things become better than we expected or there's unexpected things that happen that are actually what we're meant to be doing. Yes, exactly. So my answer would be surrendering, but also opening up to like much, much more than you can even imagine. Yeah. Beautiful. So I want to make sure that we're able to pull a card for the audience. Are you able to do that for us? Of course. I I love love it. it. (laughs) So which deck do you have? Yeah, I have all three here, but uh, intuitively I feel that we should use the original for now. I don't Great. know why. So the first deck, the original, it's the black and white box. I um, developed that really um, to support people finding direction in life. And then the second one, I always use it um, when there's other people involved. So mm-hmm. it's called the love deck. Um, but it's for all the relationships that we have. And then there is the kids cards and the cards for the children. It's also really interesting for conscious parenting. I think oh, <laughs> I love it. Yeah. The ch- children like it, you know, but I think parents even learn more because children are connected to that pureness that we are within. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you're shuffling. Is there a right way to pull the cards? I don't know. I, you know, I developed them in a way and I, and I wrote the manual in a way that people, if I buy a new deck of cards, I never read the manual. So, (laughs) (laughs) so I developed mine in a compass cards as well in a way that with a mind that people would not use the manual. And so there is people who always draw cards with the left hand. Mm. I'm, you know, I don't know. I, I think I use my right, to be honest. Okay. <laughs> that's all, it's all control. You know, you can just surrender to what. Um, yeah. Surrender. 
Yeah. What I like to do is always spread them in front of me and then I go over and then I feel which one. Mm. So here we go. Shall, we, shall I ask to the listeners to close their eyes for a little bit? Maybe do a little inhale so that we are really conscious of being in the moment. And then you can ask yourself a question that starts with, what do I need in order to... You finish the question, and I'm going to pull you a message. It's guidance for the answer. This is insane. <laughs> Manifest. Oh, my gosh. That's the same card I got. Wow. This is bizarre. It was like just here. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> crazy. Yeah, yeah, literally, let's hold mine up, too, because I want to take oh, a little screenshot. So crazy. Wow. Wow. It was I, just so it was just before yeah, our just, that you pulled it. Yep, about four, 50 minutes ago, I pulled the same card. Exactly. <laughs> so this is you know, it's always right. It's, it's always amazing. Always Are you going to read it to us? Yeah, it's for the people who, who who still were skeptical about using cards, you know, we all, there's always surprises like this. But here's also the um, the guidance for um, for your question. This card urges you to show yourself. Each of us has a personal code, the unique light that you shine on earth. You are getting closer to your blueprint. You realize your true self. You can manifest everything you think or dream. Inner knowledge and trust lie at the core of manifestation. It is essential to know who you are and what you want before plunging into the magical adventure called manifestation. It is not built upon your willpower or resistance. Instead, it arises from the realization that what you do is right. Be careful when you manifest from a desire based on fear or scarcity, you will only attract more. When something is right for you, you will be guided by the trust that you deserve this. You will feel what it is, what you will feel what is right for you and fearlessly claim your place. Let your light shine. This the world is waiting for you. Step out of the shadows and show yourself. Mm. It also came out because it was the energy of our conversation. Yes. Exactly the things that we were talking about. Yes. So beautiful. <laughs> and I mean, I just want everyone to go and buy this deck. It's it's so powerful, as you can obviously see. And it's so beautiful. The pictures, the illustrations, and your words are just... You're so talented. And thank you for creating it. Thank you for, well, using it. <laughs> yeah. And spreading it and sharing it with the world. Definitely. Yeah. So as we wrap up, where can people find you online and where can they buy these cards? innercompasscards.com. Great. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Nail. It's been a pleasure. I'm so honored to be here with you. And I just feel so inspired by the way you live your life and, and just, you know, the way you tune in to what's next for you. And I know other people listening are going to feel the same. So thank you. And I started with, I know that my life is pretty extreme, you know, in terms of uh, intuitively living, uh, but I started with tiny steps, you know, it's yeah. with one affirmation a day and um, yeah, and it's only been like six, five or six years that I really started to change. Yeah. yeah. Thank uh -huh. you for that reminder. One step at a time. 
Amazing. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Yeah. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the I Heart My Life show. Now do us a favor and tell people about this episode. It's truly our duty to make sure that the I Heart My Life movement is spread far and wide. The truth is life can be challenging, but it is possible for all women to love themselves and their lives. And while you're at it, send a link to this episode to three of your friends today, or maybe even post it on social media. Use the hashtag I Heart My Life Show. That's hashtag I Heart My Life Show. And if you'd like to help me personally, then please rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts. Give us some stars, cheer us on, and leave a review because believe it or not, that stuff actually really does help. And I read all of them. Please remember everything you desire is meant for you and possible. Keep showing up, taking action, and believing in your dreams.